Welcome to Becoming Better with Naama, the podcast that teaches you how to become a better person and a better partner. In this podcast, you're going to learn how to know yourself better. You'll learn tools and techniques to improve your communication skills, and you'll learn how to navigate your relationships using effective language. I'm Naama, a life coach specializing in partnerships and dating. I leverage my gift of communication and the wisdom of my past mistakes to teach you how to love more and fight less. I'm new to the podcasting world, but I have a lot to say. I hope you'll stick around and enjoy the episode. Remember to subscribe and share, and feel free to write to me at info at for future episode ideas. And now, here's a brief ad from our sponsor, BetterHelp.com. Hey y'all, it's Naama, and as Ted Lasso likes to say, I am a work in prog mess. Seriously, I know that I am becoming better every day, but sometimes I'm also a mess. One of the most powerful tools that I have used over the last 20 years to become a little less of a mess is therapy. And if you need a therapist, which I think everyone does, you should go with betterhelp.com. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, which happens, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. I believe that everyone can benefit from therapy, and you can benefit from 10% off your first session by going to betterhelp.com forward slash becoming better. That's betterhelp.com forward slash becoming better. Get yourself a therapist. They are just a fresh set of eyes to help you tackle any problem that you want to overcome. I believe in you, and this is just another way that you can become better. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's Naama with Becoming Better. Today's topic is going to be pretty short and sweet. It's all about when to engage. And let me tell you a little story. I have four kids. My third son, he's three, and he's in a very interesting stage right now. My husband calls him a three-nager. He's trying to push everybody's buttons all the time, and he wants everything his way. And on top of that, he's got a slight speech delay, so sometimes it's hard to understand what he's saying, even though he understands English and Hebrew. Go figure. There are times with this toddler, and he's not really a toddler anymore, but man, does it feel like it. There are times with him that I just am not going to engage. He might be really focused on whatever game or puzzle that he is dealing with. And if I interrupt him, I will get a puzzle piece in the eye. Or, moreover, if you are a parent, you know what I'm about to tell you. If we have to get ready for school and he is barely coherent, I know I have to tread really carefully. 
I have to very gently pick him up. I have to very quietly speak to him and whisper in his ear. He's a Pisces. He does not handle being woken up very well. I need to make sure he can get slid right into the car and have a little chewy chocolate granola bar in his hand and my cell phone in the other hand with Netflix playing so that the car literally does not explode. There are times in our lives where we need to decide if we're going to engage or not. So firstly, let's talk about what does it mean to engage? And then secondly, let's talk about what I mean by the decision. So engaging means getting yourself involved in somebody else's mess. And it's not necessarily like a big mess. It could be a little mess. It could be, you know, little old lady drops her shopping note at the grocery store and you decide whether you're going to bend down, pick it up and give it to her. Or you're just going to walk on by. Or, you know, you see a little kid crying at the grocery store. You could choose to walk right past or you could choose to smile at her or you could choose to make a silly face at her or you could choose to look at the mom and say, I sympathize. There's different ways to engage. There's also way bigger messes that we sometimes have to decide on. Do we want to get involved or not? I mean, the list is enormous, but just a few examples. You have a sibling, maybe they're in recovery from addiction. They are texting the family or they're posting on social media that some terrible, awful, horrible thing happened to them. And you know, their pattern of behavior is to blow everything out of proportion. Do you engage or not? Maybe you've got a coworker and they're constantly whining in the office about whatever problem they're experiencing. And they slowly make their way over to your desk and you know that if you put your earbuds in and you start typing, they're going to think you're listening to music and they'll move on. But you feel really bad for them and you wonder, maybe I should engage. These kind of situations pop up all the time. <clears throat> they pop up all the time. And the fact is, each one of these situations is unique. So sometimes it's about do you want to engage? And sometimes it's about, I guess I have to. Now, the second part of engaging is not just what is engaging, because that's pretty straightforward. You're getting into somebody's mess. But the second part is the decision. We deal with all kinds of difficult situations every day. Sometimes it's with people that we're close to. Sometimes it's with complete strangers. The decision needs to come from a place of self-preservation. And I say that <laughs> as a recovering people pleaser, but it's true. Engaging in someone else's mess, if they're someone you love, someone that you're invested in, your self-preservation is a little bit muddier than with a total stranger. You might compromise your boundaries or your limits or your self-preservation because you love them and you want to help them. I compromise my sanity every single morning when I have to get my three-year-old toddler into the car. You get my point. <clears throat> now, deciding to engage with a coworker or, you know, a third cousin or someone at your church or synagogue, maybe someone you only know by first name, 
that's a different decision. And you really do need to consider, is this something that is going to benefit me? Or is this something that's going to energetically drag me down? Now, sometimes you have to make that decision and you have to engage even if it will drag you down. Here's a great example. So some of you may know I'm Jewish and we have this incredible ritual in Judaism. When someone dies, the whole community gathers around the mourners. And really, it's not so much a focus on the person who's passed away as much as it's a focus on the survivors who are living in their grief. One of those pieces of this ritual that the community is required to engage in is to visit and comfort a mourner. And there are very specific rules around what you're supposed to do when you visit a mourner and where you're supposed to sit and how you're supposed to speak to them and when you're allowed to speak to them. All of this revolves around protecting their peace because they are in the depths. Now, if you're having a great day and you just got a raise and you know, you found 50 bucks on the ground, like you're having a great day and you realize you have to go visit a mourner. You have to engage and it's going to suck the energy out of you and you have to do it anyway. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Maybe at that point, you have to shift your perspective. This leads me to the third part about engaging. First, you have to know what engaging means. Then you have to decide if you're going to do it. And the third is how much do you want to engage? And what do you want to bring of yourself into that engagement? I'll go back to the example of the kid crying in a grocery store. I run into this all the time. I am a bit of a dork. You may not know it by looking at me, but I am. I'm a bit of a dork. And when I see a kid crying in a store, (laughs) depending on my day and the kind of day that I've had and the kind of energy that I have, I will take one of two approaches. Either I will give them the dirtiest look that you can ever imagine and they immediately like freeze up and they cower and then their parents were like oh good finally you stopped or you know if I'm in a better mood and I've had enough to eat (laughs) and I've had sleep I'll look at them and I'll make a silly face or I'll dance in a circle or something anything to immediately disrupt their pattern and get them to smile typically it that's enough to make it work and I move on with my day Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I'll push my card over to where their parent is and say, hey, you're doing great. It happens to the best of us. And I'll make sure to hold their eye contact and let them know that I'm being sincere. And then I'll move on. I do that because I have the choice whether I'm going to engage in that mess or not. And I know I can bring joy to that conversation in that moment. We don't know what other people are going through. So if we have the capacity to bring some joy into an engagement, we really should. There's a whole lot of darkness in the world, and each of us has the ability to bring forth light. So I think we should engage. But again, there are caveats. If doing so is going to damage your mental health, don't do it. If doing so is going to violate a personal boundary or promise that you've made to yourself, don't do it. If doing so really is going to empower that other person to start behaving negatively, 
abusive or, you know, manipulative, things like that, don't do it. Obviously, use common sense. But at the end of the day, if you're want if you're going to engage in someone's mess, you have to decide how much how invested you want to get into it. I am not about to step up to a parent at a grocery store and tell them not only are they parenting their kid wrong, but I could do it better. That is not a healthy type of engagement. The best way to know though is to just ask the person. Again, I know I sound like a broken record, but if you don't know what someone needs, ask them. It doesn't mean that they're going to have a perfect answer established for you, you know, written out. But, you know, ask them. It'll be very helpful. You can actually just engage. Now, I'm going to tell you a story and that'll be it. This story is extremely meaningful and you probably can Google it. It's not my story. I'm going to make parts of it up because I can't remember all the specifics. I heard it over 25 years ago. It was about an Aikido master in Okinawa after World War II. He was uh, like a double black belt in Aikido. He was an American GI, American soldier, who was left at an army base in Okinawa, and he had studied Aikido, which is a martial art known as the Way of Peace. He was on a train with his master's master, a very frail, small, little old man. And they were headed someplace. I don't remember where. (coughs) Now, on this train, at one of the stops, boards a large, powerful, drunken man. He's tall and heavy and sweating buckets. His face is bright red. His cheeks are red. His nose is, is bright because he's been ha- drinking so much, he can you can smell the booze on the guy. He is very clearly intoxicated. He is staggering, stumbling, slurring his words, pushing himself around, pushing his weight around. He's getting in people's faces, completely ignoring boundaries. His cheeks are bright red. He's sweaty. He looks like he hasn't had a shower in a couple of days. He's violent, he's screaming, he looks so angry. And this American GI sitting next to his master's master thinks to himself, oh, awesome, there's a big drunk guy. I could totally use my martial arts here and subdue him and wait for the authorities. He was just waiting. He sat there waiting until the drunk man was about to uh, step up to him because he was making his way through the crowd, confronting one person after another. And just as this big, stumbling, drunken man was about to approach this GI, all of a sudden, his master stood up, all four and a half feet of him, looks at the drunken man, smiles, and says, Aren't the cherry blossoms beautiful this year? The drunken man stops, eyes wide, completely astounded, totally taken aback, and the master continues. My wife and I like to sit on the porch of our house, and we like to watch the cherry blossoms fall. It's so beautiful, don't you think? Do you have anyone that you like to watch the cherry blossoms with? 
And in that moment, the GI was stunned. His mouth was open. Everyone on the train was still. No one spoke. And the drunken man bursted into tears and collapsed on the ground, putting his head against the stomach of the master, crying. He had lost his wife, and he was in mourning, and he had decided to go get drunk rather than feel his pain. The master consoled him for the duration of the trip, and the GI learned a very valuable lesson that day, which was it's a whole lot different to use your strength to subdue someone than using your wisdom to help them. He had no idea. He just saw what was on the surface. The master understood. Nobody gets that drunk and that angry and that violent without being in terrible pain. Matter of fact, I heard that on an Instagram quote the other day. When a woman is in despair, it comes across as a bad attitude. But if we change our language and recognize that she's doesn't have a bad attitude, she's in despair, it completely shifts the dynamic, doesn't it? So my point being, this master in this story engaged the man and brought his whole self into that engagement, but did it in a way that was smart, that was kind and compassionate. And it worked really beautifully. It might not have worked, it might have resulted in something terrible, but it didn't. So that's my point. If you're going to decide whether to engage in someone's mess, ask yourself, what kind of engagement will this require? And do I want to make that choice right now? And do I want to bring my full self to this engagement? If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Go back to that episode if you don't know what that's about. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and I hope you like it, share it and subscribe. Give it a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen. And I hope we meet again. Thanks. Let's get you better. Bye.